2: Your own in a sports conversation, get a better pub quiz score, or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports, then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
3: Welcome into the locker room on Joy 94.9, your show for news, views, and interviews about sport and our community. Thanks to S.J. and Chris from Crash for bringing Melbourne home in the drive slot tonight on this very balmy evening. I can just feel a little bit of tennis in my in my soul, and maybe even the old cricket bat maybe coming out. Very shortly. It's that time of the year, that's for sure. I know, I can just imagine. Oh, I'm getting quite excited. Thanks also to Gary Wilson uh, for his news and, of course, his uh, ever going innuendo. Uh, We love it. Uh, So, tonight in the locker room, we clean out a pile of muddy old rugby boots to reveal what's happening both at the grassroots level and on at the international stage and world sport, all from a queer perspective. My name is Mark Rowland and I'm joined as usual in the sheds tonight by Smithy and Adam, welcome lads. Uh, welcome
4: and uh, it's good to see we've had the first fine of Mad Monday already.
3: Uh, <laughs> what a way to start it too. It's too yeah, I'm not going there. Anyway Smithy, tell us what we've got on the show tonight. Eh? Uh, well
4: we're going to ask what happens when an AFL player comes out um, because we don't know yet but a new Melbourne play, the sheds, is going to have a stab. Uh, we'll speak to Patrick, the star of the show. We speak to rugby guru Ben Lankin. You might remember him. He used to appear on the show from time to time. Who? Yeah, exactly. Ben,
3: who? I think we just couldn't get David Pocock this week. Yeah, So we've... Right.
4: Uh, the so person is Ben Lankin.
2: So.
4: Um, he hangs around Sydney these days, and he was at the one-year
3: launch party of the Bingham Cup. That's the World Cup of Gay Rugby Teams. You know Kay Rudd was there, don't you? Yeah. I think that Ben may have had a selfie with him, so we'll have to check that out. Uh,
4: Ben's going to give us the rundown on the Cup and new moves in rugby to promote inclusion for our community. Uh, we'll also give you the latest on sport in our own backyard here in Melbourne, including from the Melbourne Rovers, that's the soccer team, and from the Melbourne Argonauts in rowing. Plus the latest on what's been happening in sport this week, including all the AFL finals action. Yeah, it's final season. Oh, uh, it's September. I can it's, just smell the excitement in the air around Melbourne this week. It's fantastic. No one can see it, but I'm doing the Leighton Hewitt. Come on. Yeah, it's, well, it was said that Melbourne, Melbourne got to play a game on one September this year, so they got some <laughs> September action at them. They must have been pretty happy. Yes, um, and then we completely lost it. But look, here at the locker room, we do like a bit of controversy. Um, if you hear things on the show tonight and that gets you inspired or perhaps it gets you filled with rage, either way, we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, perhaps, you know, something that's exciting happening in our community in the world of sport and you think we should be chatting about it, send us a text on 0427JOY949 or email us at at joy.org.au. Plus, you can get to us via social media. You can link to that through the JOY website.
3: Exactly right, Smithy. You can uh, jump on the Facebook page and uh, I think it's time for Rollie's Round. It is indeed. David Feeney, originally from Dublin, now living in Australia, uh, has still wanted to follow his uh, Ireland football team on their quest for the World Cup next year in Brazil. However, after checking television uh, schedules here in Australia, he noticed that no channel was going to show it. So fearing that he may be forced to miss the game, Feeney contacted the German company, Kintargo and has actually bought the broadcasting rights to the game. Uh, so, Island vs. Sweden. So, he bought the broadcasting rights uh, for Ireland vs. Sweden for just under $2,000. How about this? Uh, and he's got in touch with uh, the racing channel and they're going to help broadcast it on September the 6th. How cool is that? I think you can get the racing channel through Big Pond, believe it or not.
4: I think we've found the solution to our woes of major broadcasters not showing major sports once they bid for the rights. Yeah, exactly. This man's right. a genius. I know.
3: He's just showing it up. Uh, we are going to cover a little bit of Mad Melbourne. Uh, St Kilda has released a statement saying today that uh, St Kilda wishes to apologise uh, to advise that player Clinton Jones has offered his sincere apologies to entertainer Black, Blake Johnston for an inverted action at a players' end of year celebration yesterday. Uh, so we know what's happened here, don't we, Smithy? He has. He l- set an entertainer on fire. Yes, but not only just a normal entertainer, the entertainer works for a firm called Dwarf My Party. Clay, uh, so how how, how do you do that inadvertently? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I don't understand. Well, he may have just been running around. Uh, Look, can I just
4: say we can't use that card just because he's a short-statured person. If you're working for a company called Dwarf My Party, I Mm. think that kind of level cuts it out.
3: Well, exactly. Um, The only, the only, what made added salt to the wound really after um, attempting to light the dwarf on fire was Andrew Dimitrio on Talking Footy on Monday night couldn't stop laughing and, and struggled to even cope during the show. So, it sort of uh, made things a little bit worse than they had to be. Uh Going up to Queensland now, the Queensland Rugby Union is monitoring an investigation into an on-field claim that an ex-NRL player Anthony Watts bit another player on his PP. During a melee Sorry, in, what? Uh, in a uh, melee. Uh, you just can't say that word on air. <laughs> well. himself to say that word. <laughs> and a took a bite of job. the man's penis. <laughs> yeah, penis. Uh, a billabelle Be-le- a player pulled down his shorts and alerted match officials to the alleged incident after the first half brawl sparked by Tugans Watts in the Gold Coast Rugby League uh, Cup fi- Preliminary Final on Sunday. The de- player declined to make an official complaint. However, uh, officials are reviewing the footage. What I do <laughs> like about this, though... <laughs> There's footage to this? So the so the Queensland Rugby said, like any biting charge, while there is this is a little bit unusual, we just have to follow procedure. Conclusive evidence may be difficult to find as only one video camera was used at the match. And the footage, or what we find, is very small. I reckon they'll, they'll bring, out, <laughs> I'll bring out a life-size doll of a player, and they'll say,
4: show us where he <laughs> bit you.
3: In June, so this is the guy, Anthony Watts. So in June, ex-North Queensland and Sydney Roosters utility, Anthony Watts. So this is the guy alleged to have bitten the penis, confirmed he'd given up on his NRL comeback, and had decided instead to become a member of the notorious Gold Coast at bikey gang, the Finks, who have been uh, linked with drug syndicates. Um, Gareth Bale uh, has uh, got a new contract. So this is a Welsh player who's just signed up with Real Madrid for £256,000 a week. Uh, so what's that? Nearly half a million dollars Australian mm-hmm. a week. Uh, however, uh, his wife uh, has decided and she's come out publicly and said she's not going to just be a typical wag. Uh, she's going to be his life partner and... Uh, stay at home and uh, drink wine and <laughs> behave yourself, which I thought was very good. Have about. affairs with the poor boy. Mm. Yeah. No, I I hear wag they... at all. Exactly. Uh, And that is your roundup for the week.
2: Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
3: Smithy, there are two things that happen every September in Melbourne. One is the AFL Grand Final, of course, and the other is Melbourne Fringe Festival. We talk a lot about the Grand Final, so now it's time to talk a little bit about Fringe. Uh, footy and Fringe should fairly, uh, fairly mutually exclusive, but this year a new stage play to the Sheds is on a collision course for the two different cultures, and then some. So we've decided to get Patrick Tirico, the lead actor, in from the Shed to shed a bit of light. What do you think about that play on words? Uh, on this new stage play. Welcome, Patrick, to the
5: locker room. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So tell us, what is the play about? Well, Sheds is about a uh, fictional football team called the Fitzroy Fighters, and their star player Darren um, comes out during the course of the season and has some major ramifications for him and his team, and we follow yeah, their journey through the season.
4: So, without giving too much away, what prompts the coming out? Is he outed, or is he just wake up one morning and decide he wants to get it off his chest?
5: Yeah, essentially, yeah, the second part, um, it's just time for him. He's sick of uh, hiding away from it, and um, he just decides to come out. How have you found it uh, taking on the role? Has it been tough or...? Uh yeah, it has been a little bit. Yeah. Um, but with the director, James, he's broken it down really well for me and the other actors and he's made it really comfortable. So being able to learn a lot about the characters through him and their motives and really yeah, develop a good story.
3: Oh, brilliant. And, and why do you think
4: it is that we're so interested in this theme of athletes coming out, particularly in this footy-obsessed town of Melbourne? What do you think resonates with this theme with audiences?
5: Um, I think do think it's a big issue, especially in the football and the sporting world, and um, no doubt that there are players out there who are struggling with this um, topic, so I think it's, uh, from our perspective, it's yeah, good to see this being brought to the spotlight.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, a fantastic concept, so I'm glad that uh, they've decided to do it, of course.
5: Um and uh, how long is it going for? Uh, we're running for three weeks. Um, yeah. We'll be playing Thursday through Sunday night, starting on the 19th. Um, and I see you've brought us in a couple of tickets. Yeah, hoping to give a couple away. Tomorrow. All right. So we should be, we'll be able
3: to do that tonight, Smithy, I think. So, uh, look, we're going to give away two tickets to this brand-new stage play. Um, so what are we going to do? Let's say we'll set a question, will we?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in this, this team you've invented, the... What do, you, what do you call it? Uh, the Fitzroy Fighters. Fitzroy Fighters. It yeah. Sound, sounds a little bit similar to another <laughs> team that might have been running around
3: in the AFL back in the day. So, ah oh, yes, 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 yes. The Fitzroy, they were the Fitzroy Lions, they were they? They were the Fitzroy Lions. And they've gone somewhere. They've gone somewhere. Outside of Melbourne. That's right. <laughs> All right. So I'm,
4: I'm very impressed with Roly's knowledge of this. <laughs> yeah,
3: I know. Well, it, it's been a year of education for Roly on <laughs> AFL. So, <laughs> so there's a team that started in 1997 that, Uh, I don't want to let too much away but they're still in the competition uh, and the clue would be somewhere lions in the word I assume so uh, text us in on 0427JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au with your name and your Joy membership number we don't give prizes to non-members and uh, of course the answer and we will give those tickets away towards the end of the show
4: so incentive for people to write in whereabouts is the play showing?
5: Uh, we're playing at the Long Play Bar and Theatre on St George's Road in Fitzroy. It's a great little place down there. So yeah. So what uh, PG rated is this or R18? Uh, um, we got, yeah. any, got any nudity? <laughs> it might be a bit beyond PG, I think. There's oh. a bit of nudity and a fair oh. bit of swearing in there as well. So it um, might be an adult's only affair. Oh, oh, as hello. he mentions nudity, the, the, the Joy Inbox is flooded with people
4: <laughs> asking for, for free tickets. Funny enough, it's Raleigh's number over and over and over again.
3: Oh, well, that's brilliant. Thanks so much for coming in and joining no us worries. in the locker room tonight, Patrick. We know it's going to be a great season, Dan. Yeah. Uh, and I know me and Smithy are, are going to head up to North Fitzroy, not too far from my place. I'll have to drag you over from Yarraville. Yeah, I'll make it though, um, especially if we'll, it's nudity uh, And we'll come to see you. So, no, it sounds like a great play of... Uh, to sort of watch, really. So hopefully, you never know, we might get an AFL player come out soon, but uh, what better than to watch one now? Yeah,
5: thanks Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
4: Uh, You're on The Locker Room on Joy 94.9.
2: Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Welcome back to The Locker Room on
4: Joy 94.9. Rolly, here at The Locker Room, we like to embrace all of Melbourne's four footy codes. So it's about time we had a look at what's happening in the round ball game, don't you think? Um, Some people like to call that football, but for the sake of avoiding confusion tonight, we'll call it soccer. Uh, To fill us in on what's happening in Melbourne soccer scene, we are joined by Megan from the Melbourne Rovers. That's Melbourne's soccer club for gay guys and gals. And I believe she's actually at training right now. So welcome, Megan.
1: Hi, guys. How's it going?
4: Yeah, very well. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you.
4: Um, So just give us a sense of how many people are involved with the Rovers at the moment.
1: Um. The Rovers, there's probably about 30 people, uh, give or take, probably 10 as the a, as a year progresses, um, and that's a mixture of boys and girls. Um, we play a bit of winter soccer and also some summer just social kick-arounds.
3: Megan, so, tell us what's happening on the field this year. So what's happened so far, and, and where's the club heading towards uh, the end of the year?
1: Sure, the Rovers have been running since about 2008, mainly as a social gathering place for... Um, gay men and lesbians. Just to get together, we play a bit of soccer on a Sunday afternoon um, over the summer and then have a beer. But through the winter, we we split up um, and play in respective uh, winter comps. We usually play with the Yarra Jets, most of us. Um, But as the Rovers, we're also part of uh, what's called Pride Football Australia. It's a tournament that runs once a year and it's a competition between the Melbourne Rovers teams and um, a couple of Sydney teams. For the boys, it's the rangers and for
4: the girls it's the flying bats yeah so so melbourne has the unified team but but sydney has separated into the boys and the girls teams
1: well they've been running for a lot longer than us the bats have been running for over 25 years i have to give them a promo because i used to play with them uh quite a long time ago and the rangers have been running for quite a while as well so um they're both quite well established teams i guess we've started only a few years ago and we're we're trying to join forces a bit. I think it's a bit more the way that Melbourne runs things. It's not so exclusively girls and boys the way that it can be up in Sydney.
3: Megan, asks, are you heading up to Sydney soon? It's um, I just know no, a No, the, bit...
1: the, the comps in Melbourne this year.
3: Oh, fantastic! And so yeah. when's that on?
1: It's um it's on the fifth of October. Yeah. At um it's at the Kevin Bartlett Reserve in Richmond this year.
3: Oh, okay. And are there any other associated activities with with the tournament, or is it just uh the we're just going to welcome the Sydney people down?
1: Um, well, there's a Friday night welcome, um, and it's we're yet to find a final venue for it, which people are always welcome to come along to. Um, and then Saturday's the tournament day, and there's a um it starts off at about ten o'clock in the morning, and there's a, a bit of a I guess a more fun game before our major two games. The girls are on at 12 and the guys are on it at about 2.15. For, um, we play for our respective cups. Uh, for the women, it's the uh, Julie Murray Cup. And for the boys, it's called the Justin Fashanau Cup. So I
3: know, the, I know a little bit about the Justin uh, Fashanu <laughs> Cup, but uh, tell us a little bit about the cup that you guys play for. Whereabouts where, yeah, where has it originated?
1: Um, it started last year... Um, up in Sydney, Julie Murray, is, uh, she used to play for the Matildas and represent Australia in a number of Olympics. And she was approached last year by the Flying Bats to become, I guess, you know, the namesake for our trophy. And she's a bit of a, she's a, bit of a mentor for all of us, I guess. And um, so she came along and presented the, the Cup at the tournament last year and it was great. So she's really supportive of us and I think really excited to be part of something that's, that's new and emerging.
4: Now, Megan, here in the locker room, we love a bit of Melbourne-Sydney rivalry on the sporting field. How have we been doing in this? Are we managing to beat up on our brethren in Sydney on the soccer field?
1: Well, with the girls last year, it was a two-all draw. So um, we're really keen to um, keep the cup, I guess. Um, we've had to split it 50-50 this year and share, share the time that we've held it. But um, I think the boys have got... Yeah, last year they had one up on Sydney, and I hope that they're, they're trying to, to keep that winning streak going. So,
3: Megan, I must have been a little bit naive about soccer. I can't figure out—is um, it a winter or summer sport in Australia? I know everywhere else in the world it seems to be winter. I just—I don't understand why. What, what, so we play a little bit of summer here as well.
1: I th- look. I think if you if you get addicted to the round ball game, you want to play it year in year out. Doesn't matter what season, whether it's rain or sun. But. Um, there's, there's a dedicated winter competition which is, um, it's run through the Football Federation of Victoria and that's what I'm at training for tonight. But the Rovers mainly play in more social summer soccer, like we play modified modified rules, you know sometimes there's seven aside. Um, there's a, also a competition running called sub-football, which the Rovers field a couple of teams in and that's a mixed afternoon kind of game. So I think there's all forms of soccer. There's indoor soccer, always running. So if you're interested in it, there's always a competition running at some point of the year. Doesn't matter what time it
2: is.
4: And Megan, if people aren't really experts at soccer, yet they haven't learnt all the skills of feigning injury on the field. Um, is that something you <laughs> teach people when they when they want to join? Is it sort of open to people of all abilities?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's um, first and foremost, it's about fun. Definitely, we're not. You know, we're not Premier League players in any. Case, and I'm always keen to um, convert people to soccer. Um, <laughs> so...
3: <laughs> I know where you were going with that. <laughs> sa- oh yeah, lucky save! Lucky save. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I've, look, I've been playing since I was nine. I'm completely addicted, and so I'm always happy to share how it how it goes. And I think a lot of people find find it more fun to play soccer than actually watch it. And so I think you've just got
3: to get in and give it a go. Well, with the weather warming up and you're starting to think, well, hmm, maybe I should uh, get out there and put the boots on and go for a bit of a run. It sounds like Melbourne Rovers are the team to start signing up for. I assume you'll, we can find you on the Mel- uh, Team Melbourne website or just Google Rovers. Oh,
1: definitely. Melbourne yeah.
3: Rovers uh, and uh, sign up with you guys. And uh, newbies are always welcome and they can just join up and arrive any time, I, su- I suppose.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's it. We don't we don't have much of a social kind of scene during the winter just because we're dedicated to our comps. But I think if people are interested, they should definitely come down to the Pride Football Tournament. And Pride Football Australia is on Facebook if you just look for it. Um, or send us a message through that and we'd be more than happy to get people in touch about where they can play and places to meet up.
3: Thanks so much, Megan, for joining us in the locker room tonight. It's uh, twenty-eight minutes to eight, and you're on Joy ninety-four point nine.
2: The locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy ninety-four point nine.
3: Let's talk rugby. Let's talk
4: uh, about the launch of the Bingham Cup. One year from Ben, the Bingham Cup—that's the World Cup of gay rugby—and uh, we thought we'd bring back our old friend Ben Lankin, to talk about a bit more about it on our
3: show. Good evening, Ben. Gents, good evening. Pleasure as always. What a, a sexy voice. What a sexy voice to hit the radio waves tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, yeah, tell yeah. us what, what happened last week. I hear that uh, you met K Rudd.
0: <laughs> K Rudd, no, not quite. Oh. Uh, last week, last Wednesday, marked one year, 12 months until the Bingham Cup 2014 kicks off here in sunny Sydney and uh, New South Wales Parliament House played host to a sensational event to mark the occasion from the official launch for the Bingham Cup. Uh, Kevin Rudd was not there. However, uh, on the other side of politics, um, of course, Malcolm Turnbull from the uh, Liberal Party, uh, federal member for Wentworth, he was there and he spoke um, in support of the tournament and, uh, and, and what it represents. Um, the, the, the night was um, hosted by uh, New South Wales Liberal member for Coogee, Bruce Notley-Smith, um, attended by ARU CEO Bill Pulver, who um, said a few uh, words, which was fantastic. Um, New South Wales Independent MP Alex Greenwich, of course, from um, formerly from the Australian Marriage Equality, was there. Um, Clover Moore, Lord Mayor of Sydney, former Wallaby captain John Eales, former Wallaby Nick farr Jones. So a star-studded uh, lineup for what was a sensational night. They lit up the uh, whole Parliament House in pink, um, and it was a it was a great way to um, I guess signify. Uh, a very exciting event coming to the shores of Australia for the first time very soon.
4: Well, I'd forgotten how hard it was to get a word in with you on air, Ben. (laughs) Um, I believe there were some announcements from the AU about some new initiatives to tackle homophobia in their sport. Can you tell us a bit about those?
0: Yeah, there were. So the organisers of the uh, Bingham Cup next year, the Sydney Convicts, put um, a bit of a call out, a bit of a call to arms to all four of the... um, Uh, different footy codes here in Australia and they challenge them all to um, adopt a um, policy or implement a process that will get rid of homophobia and address homophobia specifically in their sports. Um, Bill Pulver, who's the new CEO of Australian Rugby Union, been in the job for six months, was the first to answer that challenge um, and said that by the time the Bingham Cup kicked off in August next year, um, the ARU will implement, implement, I should say, an uh, anti-homophobia policy. So, um, good on the ARU. Um, A lot of the sports have spoken about it for a very long time, um, and a lot of the sports have uh, addressed homophobia in the sense of their overall discrimination inclusion policies, but it's great to see um, rugby union, you know, addressing this issue specifically.
3: Ben, You must be pretty proud were you as an Australian to uh, be at an event like that and to see you know one of the major k- sporting codes. I, I don't know of too many countries around the world that has you know a, a number of their major sporting codes coming on board with these types of policies.
0: Look, it was a it was a proud moment for sure, and for someone who's been a part of, I guess, the you know the gay rugby movement and involved in diversity in sport for a number of years now, it was a it was a pretty special experience. And you know, the the support that was there in the room was absolutely um, unfathomable. Um, the event was um, hugely successful. There was about two hundred people there uh, from all walks of life, from the sporting community, from the political community, um, you know, from the from the local. Um, uh, Sydney Council, right through to the federal government, um, all in support of um, the Bingham Cup. And what's great is the Bingham Cup has now become a vehicle for this message, this message of inclusion. And it's not just about um, rugby or, or the event, which is going to be sensational, but it's about the broader message of um, you know, of inclusion and tolerance in sport across the country. And what what better vehicle to do that than off the back of what's going to be a fabulous tournament, um, you know, next year?
3: So just quickly run us down. to Bingham is.
0: Well, Mark Bingham was, uh, was on United Flight 93, which, um, which crashed in September 11, 2001. And um, Mark was a, uh, a University of Berkeley rugby player and he also founded the San Francisco Fog, which was one of the, uh, was one of the first um, gay rugby clubs. And he also was a part of um, forming the um, team in New York as well because he worked between New York and San Francisco and travelled quite frequently. Um, two weeks before... Um, September 11, he was successful in getting the San Francisco Fog admitted into the um, Rugby Union in the U.S. and officially recognised um, as a club in its own right, which was really really special. Unfortunately, two weeks after that, he did go down in the uh, in Flight 93, um, and he was one of four young men who actually you know wrestled the controls of the airplane out of the uh, terrorist hands and prevented that plane from what was its ultimate destination, the White House. So a pretty special story and very soon a uh, movie is coming out about um, about Mark Bingham's story and that'll be a great watch.
4: Amazing stuff and it looks like we've got a really great tournament to look forward to in Sydney next year Hey Ben, it's, it's been great to chat again and find out what's happening up north of the Murray in our great city of Sydney uh, Thanks for being on the show tonight and uh, look forward to hearing from time. you soon
3: Talk soon. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9
2: the locker room. Come in and get changed. Sports news, views, and interviews for our community. Join 94.9.
3: Look, uh, if you don't know, if you just tuned in, The Shed is set in tile, is a new stage production as part of Melbourne Fridge. Fringe rather than fridge Uh, The shed is set entirely within the locker room Of the team's home ground Which is uh, the Fitzroy fireflies Fire Firestormers Uh, Rife with foul language, stigma Secrets, violence and nudity You're invited to be a fly on the wall And watch the drama unfold So it sounds like a really exciting uh, stage production Definitely something to bring your mum to I think Yeah and you can join me and Smithy there of course Uh, Smithy, what are you doing this Saturday night? I'm going to go to a trivia night Oh, wow. Do you know what? I'm not actually going to get you to introduce it. We're going to instead talk to Tim from the Melbourne Argonauts, because it's actually their event. Welcome into the locker room, Tim. Good. Hello.
6: How are you? Nice to see
3: you. Oh, thanks very much for joining us. So uh, give us a quick rundown. So what's happening this Saturday, and uh, what are we raising money for?
6: Well, the Melbourne Argonauts are conducting our annual trivia night. It's our uh, major fundraising event for the year. It's a lot of of fun, and it's a way that the Argonauts can raise money for Um, our uh, much-needed boat purchases, oars and so on. It's a very expensive sport and it's a great sport and the Argonauts have a a great night um, on Saturday night at St Kilda Town Hall.
3: Look, I went last year and it was absolutely brilliant. You know, we grabbed a table, took took some dinner, and uh, not that I should be promoting clubs, but it was nice to be able to wander across to the Greyhound afterwards for a <laughs> uh, couple of ales. Uh, so give us a couple of details. So uh, bookings are very limited and people yeah, need so to the get there.
6: The bookings have almost closed, actually, so you really have to, tonight or tomorrow morning, you can go to AU forward slash trivia and book a table online. We've got a few tables left. And um, and then, as I said, it's being held at St Kilda Town Hall, starting at 7 o'clock. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And then, as you say, a lot of people pop across the road afterwards for a bit of a boogie at the at the GH.
3: So what's the story? Um, people bring, you provide dinner and food? or what's... No, people
6: bring their own food, but we have a cash bar and uh, lots of prizes to bid for, as well as the questions and answers rounds as well. And, are there and there a any... few other surprises, too.
3: And any bonus points available?
6: Uh, there will be some, I'm sure.
3: Uh, So what kind of, uh, how do we uh, win these prizes? Are there, so is it just straight trivia or is there any other competitions going on? No, there is
6: some, there is the straight trivia, well, straight trivia, that's an interesting way of putting it, but um, there's lots of trivia questions, trivia rounds and also some special competitions as well. The uh, the famous How Gay Are You and How Lesbian Are You are very popular competitions on the night and uh, other ones as well that we have too that always are. um, are up for
3: a bit of merriment. So get along and have some
4: fun. Robbie's so, going to enter. How lesbian are you? Yeah, I came okay, <laughs>
3: right up last year. Um, thank you I'm so sure m- you'll win. Uh, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. And it's, it's a fantastic event. So even you don't have to book a whole table, I suppose. You could just book a couple of people.
6: That's right. Yes, yep. and we will make sure people are allocated to a table. com. Fanta- so melbourneargonauts.com.au
3: forward slash trivia. Thanks, Tim, and have a great rest of your season. Will do.
1: Thanks a lot.
2: You're inside the locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9.
3: Smithy, it's time for the AFL segment. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but explain to me, being a Kiwi, what is this Mad Monday stuff? It sounds like you don't make it into the finals, so you celebrate.
4: Well, I think it's a bit of a release for the players. I think they've hit the end of the year and they've been good little boys and they've stayed off the booze and they've trained and they've worked hard and now they're... Celebrating the end of the season, and I guess it's a chance for them to let their hair down a little bit. It's all a bit overrated, I think.
3: It's funny with AFL, like these old traditions, you know, the the father-son rule and and things like that. And then you have now got this Mad Monday. It sounds like a tradition that you know probably should have finished maybe four or five years ago, but they're continuing with. I, look, I don't think so. I think it's I think it's pretty tame stuff. I, I'm quite happy for the players to get together and let their hair
4: down a bit. I don't I don't see what the fuss is about. Like they've just got to leave the matches at home, I guess.
3: I mean, look, but. I mean, you are a professional athlete. I can't imagine in my job, uh, after getting, securing a, a, a contract, we say, hey, let's go down to the pub, get drunk and, and light a dwarf on fire. I can't, I can't see how that's uh, appropriate. Look, yeah, look, can we talk about the actual game on the field now? Of course we can. So it's finals. finals I mean, it's, it's
4: the exciting time of the year. It's, it's, when we, it's when we want to be in Melbourne in September. And there's four games in Melbourne this weekend. Well, in Victoria anyway, one in Geelong.
3: Yeah, that's uh, some people have uh, said a few things about that. So what is it, Geelong and who?
4: And, and Fremantle. And the Dockers are furious that they've been asked to play a game in, in the depths of Victoria in Geelong. Um, but there were four games in Melbourne, and the AFL said it couldn't schedule two games in Melbourne on the Saturday, one on Saturday afternoon and one on Saturday on MCG. So someone had to go elsewhere, and they've sent the game down to Sleepy Hollow.
3: Sorry to change the subject slightly. I see Eddie Maguire was in his pa- on the paper with his big mouth open. It was a funny photo in the Herald Sun something about rugby in Perth? Yeah, well, he's thinking he's, he's committed the ultimate sin of finals football, and he's thinking one week ahead. So he's
4: assuming that Collingwood actually win this weekend. They, they, they actually beat Port Adelaide, and they get to play another game, and they play Fremantle because, again, he's assuming that Fremantle lose against Geelong, which is not a dumb thing at all. And if that happened, the game would be scheduled in Perth, but they couldn't play on Saturday night because the, there's been a, a, a Wallabies versus Argentina game scheduled to be held at the same Oval. Uh, for quite some time and he was furious about it and his actual coach Nathan Nathan Buckley said he really wished his president
3: shut his trap because it's really tempting fate to talk about finals anything more than the game that's immediately in front of you. So, yeah, I found that kind of interesting that he was coming out and he was arguing and spitting tax. but then I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe lay off it a little bit. Uh, so, of course, North Melbourne didn't make it in, but to our Carlton supporters, they, yeah. they slid in. They the were... ultimate booby prize.
4: Like, you, you get in because Essendon got booted out of, out of the final series. Isn't that fantastic? So Mick Malthouse must be over the moon, is he? Oh, look, I think he'd be pretty pleased, and they'd probably be quietly confident against Richmond. They've had a couple of close matches, and they actually beat them by 10 points in uh, one of the last few rounds of the season. So the Blues had probably backed themselves in that. That one it's Richmond's first finals appearance uh, since 2001
3: uh, which is incredible when you think about how popular the, the Tigers are so their hero is Jack Rewalt. is that I went to the photocopier at work and somebody had printed an A3 of Jack on a horse I was somehow photoshopped so I assume that's their icon is it Jack Rewalt? well
4: he, he's their big spearhead he's their full forward so if, if they're going to win the game he needs to kick a bag interestingly the Tigers kick have a what a bag what,
3: a, ba- a bag of goals, goals. Oh, is that a specific number or is it just a bag? It's a lot
4: of them. Oh, okay, all it's, right. It's a term of art that we AFL people use to describe lots of goals in one go by one player.
3: I love that. So I'll go to work tomorrow, say, here, I'll handball you this and uh, get a bag. <laughs> Kick a bag. <laughs> Kick a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
4: I'm going to say that um, tomorrow. Just, just just, to point out that the Richmond, game, Richmond team itself has 17 games worth of finals experience amongst their whole playing group. And all of those finals have been with other clubs. Oh wow. So there's not a single player running out there at the moment who's played a final for Richmond who's gonna play on, on the weekend.
3: Their fans must be stoked. So what what do they all just head down to Punt Road afterwards? Yeah, oh,
4: it's a big bandwagon down there at Punt Road. I mean it's gonna be very interesting to see. I mean there'll it, be a lot of expectation, a lot of excitement about the Tigers this year.
3: Oh fantastic. So uh if I was hanging around Melbourne and had nothing to do this weekend, which game should I go to that may be of interest? Oh
4: look, I would try to go, I'd try to get to um, Hawthorne Sydney on Friday night. I think that's that's the big game. That's one versus four and it's rematch of last year's grand final. It should be an absolute cracker. you think it'll be a sellout? Uh, Probably won't be a sellout because of the Swans. I reckon probably the Carton-Richmond game will be the one Mm. that goes the closest to being a sellout. But look, I think you still should be able to get a ticket to most of these games if you'd like to go. Um, But yeah, definitely looking out for last year's grand final rematch, which will be without Buddy Franklin because he got rubbed out for a week for... King hitting someone on the field last week,
3: and of course, if you want to go on a summer holiday and wonderful beachfront, Geelong is always a great location. So you can head down there this weekend as well. Uh, that's caught you up with your AFL news. So you can go to work and chat the chat. Uh, you're in the locker room on Joy ninety four point
2: nine. Sports news, views, and interviews for our community. The locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy ninety four point nine.
3: Anyway, a little bit of an interesting thing. So, on Saturday, the 7th of September, over in Buenos Aires will be the vote for the 2020 Olympics between Madrid, Istanbul, and Tokyo. So, it's getting very interesting. They're all bad-mouthing each other. But, um, you know, with this whole thing happening with Russia, I'm very interested to see who gets it because it can really be a uh, city-transforming project. I'd like Tokyo to get it. That's
4: in our time zone. I reckon that'd be good.
3: Well, they had it back in 64. No, not 64. Uh, Yeah, back in the 60s sometimes. Uh, Uh, I actually think Istanbul, to be honest, on the cusp of Asia, Europe, bringing us all together in the Middle East, maybe that Right, police, political
4: instability, yeah, not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, Quickly, what's happening this week, Smithy? Um, We've got the Storm versus the Gold Coast Titans this week. Uh, They've had a bit of a tough run. Uh, They lost last week to the Sea Eagles, but they did crush the Eels the week before, and they're heading into the final series as well. It's the last round of the NRL season. We've got the start of the one-day cricket series in England, if you're still interested in cricket. like That's actually still going on over there. Um, who, who knew? Um, and on Saturday, the Wallabies are taking on South Africa in Brisbane. Uh, they're hoping to bounce back after their
3: quite disastrous run in the Bledisloe against Rolly or Kiwi, Kiwis. Oh, don't worry. They've still got one chance to lose. Uh, that was a great <laughs> show tonight on The Locker Room. Thank you for, to our guests. Uh, we'll catch you next week. you enjoy 94.9.
2: Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy
1: podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au.